Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 26 is where we'll begin our reading tonight. The Bible says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have, that he may have to give to him that needeth let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good in the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers let's go on and read the rest of the chapter and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let us pray this evening. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your spirit, Lord, that we felt we're glad tonight. God, the psalmist wrote in Psalm, uh, I believe it's 85, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that every once in a while, Lord, there's a personal revival that will happen in our hearts. Lord, I'm glad that when that personal revival starts, you'll begin to let that thing spread out in our homes and then at your house. And before long, it just creeps out into everywhere. And God, the songwriter said, We want you to revive us again. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you'd hear that prayer tonight. Lord, that prayer put to music, we ask you to have your will. We ask you this evening that you might just take us into your care. Lord, hide us behind the cross. Lord, allow us to preach your word. Lord, we got a whole lot of folks to pray for. God, we got a whole lot of things to pray for. Lord, just a neighbor away in Alabama and in Mississippi, Lord, dealing with a hurricane. God, I pray you'll protect them. Hedge about them, Lord. Father, we pray you'll break that thing up. Lord, let it just be dismissed. Lord, all those little maps that they've got on the news, I pray that they'll all be confused. God, I pray that you'll let somebody whisper to somebody's ear in the meteorological area that God is the master of the wind. Oh, God, we pray you'll let them realize that you're the master of the storm. God, we ask you tonight that you'd have your will in our hearts. We pray for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we want to try to finish, uh, or not finish rather, I keep saying that. We want to try to continue our um, series about facing your giants. And so, uh, tonight the title is One Letter Short of Danger. One letter short of danger. And tonight we'll be dealing with the thought of anger. And uh, this, in essence, it does kind of mark the halfway point of our series. Uh, we've talked so far, we've preached so far about giants being bigger than you are, stronger than you are. We've, we've talked about the messenger of the Holy Ghost as he brings news into our lives. Sometimes we're not... Uh, ready to hear it, and we we get all bent out of shape uh, because of the messenger. We've talked about that giant of bitterness, and it was the last Sunday we finished up that giant of our past. <clears throat> and so tonight, 
there is a, a kind of a, a natural uh, curve into some things that are internal. Um, that giant that's bigger than, and stronger than we are, we can't hardly do anything about. That's an external giant. That messenger, that's something on the outside towards us we can't hardly do anything about. That giant of bitterness, oftentimes, yes, it is internal, but it's because of other things. Uh, then that giant of our past, it's things that have happened to us that we hold on to. But now we come into something that is internal, that we can do something about, that we can deal with, that we can give over to God. And so over the course of the next several weeks, uh, we'll be dealing with these things, the, the giant of anger, the giant of, y'all help me, in a, in a small Baptist church, the giant of lust. Uh, others thing, other things that we'd be dealing with. So I don't want you to count us off on Sunday nights. You come back, you'd be a part of us. But uh, today we'll deal with this giant uh, that many folks refuse to admit that they deal with. Now there, there was a turning point. I, I couldn't tell you when it was. There was a turning point in my life. I, I rarely get fighting mad now, but there was a time when I just—it's almost Rachel like I was mad all the time. And uh, my wife can tell you, I was just just upset. Just the least little thing would 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 upset me, and I just go off. And uh, there's a crack in a windshield of a 1984 Dodge Ram somewhere because I got mad because it wouldn't start. Uh, there's a whole lot of dents and a whole lot of things in Florida because things wouldn't work out the way I wanted to. Uh, there's probably some scars on some people that I love, uh, some internal scars. I've never hit anybody. Uh, some internal scars on people that I love because of the words that I've said. And so tonight, I, I believe that I'm not alone in this. There's a lot of folks that deal with uh, anger. <clears throat> but I tell you tonight that uh, if you add just one little letter to that word anger, you have danger. And so, just for a little while, I want to try to to preach about this this giant of anger. And we may not go through, I'm not going to rush, uh, but I, I want to be mindful of the time as well. But there are a lot of people that become extremely angry over things that they cannot control. There's a lot of folks, right now, you know, since really 2016, 2015, 2016, there folks been... Uh, uh, Perpetually mad, perpetually angry, uh, and, and, and that is brought about because of the political um, atmosphere, whatever. It's just you wake up and you're mad. It, it's his fault. It's her fault. It's this fault. It's that fault. And, and it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, you know, f- f- preachers, church members, co-workers, seems like everybody seems to be upset. Seems like they're mad. Seems like they're, they're, they're you just go to them and go, something just got on my nerves the other day. Something, I don't know if I can say this in pulpit, but something ticked me off. And they, it's almost like it's so quick, so quick. But angry, anger rather is an incredibly powerful and lethally dangerous emotion. You look into the, I mentioned those reports that the, the news gives us every day. And you look at how many of those things were, were domestic dispute. You know why? Because someone got angry. 
It might have been because someone was where they didn't belong. It could have been because of a word. It could have been of some, but anger. And there were, there was hurt. Whether it, Brother Terry, whether it's words or whether there was physical contact. I feel like I need to say this. Sometimes that man that's on the news, whether police reported, it's a man that is a Christian. Y'all with me? I know it's quiet in here tonight, but I'm going to preach anyhow. I don't, really don't care. Sometimes Christians, Christians can't or rather don't control this anger. Miss Denisha, we the only redheads. It was inbred into us. Somewhere along the line, the devil got into us. Red-headed stepchild, anybody ever heard of that? Not only do we get angry, but we get in trouble more than most other people. Sometimes we can't control stuff. And we laugh, we snicker about it, but the truth of the matter is we kind of pinpointed it this morning. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We live in a society that, that, that seems to be angry. On one hand, folks are crying for tolerance, but on the other hand, it almost seems, Brother Jim, like they'll cut your throat if you don't agree with them. You can be tolerant about certain things, but if you, if you don't like what they want you to like, then man, they'll just, they'll get you. Anger is irrational. It doesn't consider the future. It doesn't consider personal safety or another circumstance. I did not consider, Brother Jim, that day sitting in the Goodies parking lot when my truck wouldn't start. I didn't consider the fact that my daddy one day would walk by my front glass and say, Why is that broke? And I had to deal with the consequences. You see, it's irrational. It doesn't worry about personal safety. It doesn't worry about others. How many times have, have you, men, we're, we're the ones that do this. How many times have you got angry and you punch something, you, you kick something, you, you just, you, I don't know, you punch a hole in the sheetrock, you kick a, you kick a bucket or something other. Next thing you know, you walk it off like you're a grown man, but you know it hurts. You don't think about your personal safety. You don't think about another circumstances. <clears throat> Why they say the things that they say. I've often heard, you know, if a, if a, if an animal is hurt, be very, very careful. They'll bite you. Even the hands that feed it, they'll bite you because of, you don't know the pain and, and they don't understand. They can't communicate. When someone's, when someone's dealing with anger, they don't consider other people's circumstances. Anger, one writer said, is the corrosive material that damages both the container and the one that it is released upon. Now, I ask you a series of questions. Is anger always wrong? <clears throat> no. No. Anger is not always wrong. But, I believe we need to look at an example of anger. God is slow to anger. He's slow to respond to anger. His anger is balanced with His love and it's grounded in His holiness. You need to keep on, uh, keep anchored to those words right there. His love 
and His holiness. When God is angry in the Word of God, it is grounded, it is founded upon His love for the one, and it is grounded upon His holiness. He loves you. The New Testament says He loves you. And because of that, He will chasten you. And and I'll go one step further outside of the message. If God does not chasten you, the Bible says that you are bastards and not sons. In case you're here wondering tonight... In case you're watching on Facebook tonight and you're wondering if you're truly one of God's own, if God corrects you, it's a good indication that you're one of His. If He doesn't, guess what? That means you're somebody else's child. God's anger is balanced with His love and His holiness. Before we are quick to justify our anger, though, there's been a few times that I've gotten mad and and my wife will say, Jamie, you need to calm down. And I'm like, you need woman? And husbands, future husbands, I'll be very selective of when you use that word woman. Just because Jesus is our example and He told His mama, woman, don't always mean we can. First-hand experience. Praise His name, testify. I know all about it. I have no idea why it went that direction, but just, it's in the past, we'll get over it. Before we... We jump at justifying our anger. We need to look at God. Uh, Psalm 103, verse number 8. You write these down. I'll read them, but write them down. Psalm 103, verse number 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Somebody needs to write that verse down and put it in your hip pocket. Because the things that we do when we wake up until when we go to bed... Many of those things will get us in trouble. Words, things that we do, maybe some temptation that we fall into. Know this, it says the Lord is merciful, He is gracious, He is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Brother Langston was telling a story about one of his sons. They were at a basketball game, his son didn't know his daddy was coming, and he was outside smoking a cigarette. Brother Langston come up and he looked up the hill and he saw his, his son drawing on a cigarette. And so he just kind of walked up and, and he wasn't really paying attention, but his son saw him and he grabbed that cigarette out of his mouth and put it down in his pocket. Brother Langston walked up to him. He said, son, better get that cigarette out of your pocket. It's going to burn a hole in your britches. He never smoked another cigarette. That, that's, that's what Brother Langston told it. I think there might be some more to it. I'm not sure. But there are times that the things that we do really merit quick, rash judgment from God. But He's slow to anger. Oh, that ought to do something to us tonight. The very fact that God is so... The, 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 Paul said in Ephesians that He's rich in mercy. The psalmist said that He is merciful and gracious he is slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. Another verse in Nehemiah chapter number 9. 
Nehemiah is writing, and again, he's writing to this remnant of, of God's people, and he says that they refused to obey. This is Nehemiah 9, 17. They refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and the rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. They returned to their bondage. But thou art a God, re- uh, thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. <laughs> That's good. He says that God, you are ready to pardon. He's sitting there, Samuel, he's sitting there with a the record book, <laughs> and he's ready. All you gotta do is say the word, he's ready to, 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 to mark it out. Pardon. Nahum 1 3. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. But the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the, uh-oh, and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Here we go again. He is slow to anger. He is great in power. He says he won't acquit the wicked. The scripture gives reference after reference about showing grace and mercy to his people. Y'all still with me on this Sunday night? We're just about through the introduction. And we'll go quickly from there. The Bible has plenty to say about anger. Proverbs is a great source. Proverbs chapter number 15, verse number 18. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Somebody needs to put that in a message to Washington, D.C., and Atlanta, Georgia, and every other capital in the world. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. I've given this illustration before about the, the opportunity to withdraw from battle. Anybody know what that's considered? To retreat. A lot of people think that if you retreat, you're a coward and, and you're weak and you're low-minded. You, you just, you're scared to fight. No, 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 that's not it at all. Now, sometimes, sometimes that could be the case. But in, in battle, when a commanding officer gives the order to retreat, what the, ah, what that commanding officer has done is he has gotten a little bit better vantage point He's gotten a different perspective on things than the soldier. The soldier's down here eyeball to eyeball with the boogeyman and he's, he's fighting and he's doing, he's bleeding, he's sweating, but the commanding officer is up here and he's looking and he's, he's watching, he's, and he says, we're going to retreat. Now to the soldiers down here, they think, oh no, we're losing. But that's not what's going on in the commander's mind. He's like, boys, you're, do- you're running well. You're doing good. But if we will retreat, we can come over here and we can have a better opportunity to seize the enemy. And so the scripture says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Uh, there are often times that we want to go headlong into something, whether it's our anger or it's some other emotion. But God says, you need to take some time, look at the situation, be slow to act. He says, he that's slow to anger is better than the mighty. 
Proverbs 25, verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without the walls. I need to give application to this verse because it may not seem, because it doesn't have wrath, it doesn't have anger. Do you remember what I said? That anger is irrational. Anger does not consider the future, does not consider the personal safety or another circumstance. So in Proverbs uh, 25, verse 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit. In other words, he's just he's just out there reacting. Everything every time something happened, uh, he's just reacting and he's he's giving he's giving an answer like this. Sometimes it's good. I've talked to a man, he's in here tonight. I've talked to a man, I don't know how many times. He says, You're wanting to give me give you some direction. He said, But I, I got two minutes to consider this thing. He said, Just give me a little while and I'll I'll try to help you. That's pretty wise right there. Before you give an answer, just just calm down. Take it in. Think about it. Pray about it. And let God give you direction. Proverbs 29, verse number 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until or in till afterwards. Now, number one. Is there such a thing as sinless anger? The scripture said in our text, our, ver- our text verse was Ephesians chapter number, or we had chapter number four, verse number 26. It says, be angry, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Is there such a thing as sinless Anger. We just looked at some examples of God's anger. How He rules and how He addresses things. We just looked at some examples in Proverbs about how that we should react and how we should interact with men uh, in our emotion of anger. But now we look at this to answer the question, is there such a thing as sinless anger? The answer is yes. He tells us to be angry. Go ahead and get angry. Get upset. It says sin not. Sin not. So what does this kind of anger look like? What does sinless anger look like? One writer said, looking at our perfect example, we see that the anger of Christ was... I'm going to need you all to listen to this. The anger of Christ was never in response to a wrong done to Him, but instead was a response to an offense committed against God's righteousness. If it was unholy, it made Jesus mad. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 2 verse 23. Speaking of Jesus, who? When He was reviled, reviled not again. When He suffered, He threatened not, but committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously. This word reviled, it means to heap abuse upon. When we have abuse or even perceived abuse, sometimes that's the way it is. We think someone said something to hurt us and so we react. 
when we have abuse heaped upon us, we want to respond in like fashion. Peter said when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Our, our reaction was, you're going to heap abuse upon me. I'm going to do the same to you. What else did he say? He was reviled. He reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. You cut me, I'm going to cut you. You hit me, I'll... You curse me, I'll... You make fun of me, I'll... Fill in the blank. But our example of Jesus Christ says... That when you are reviled, when abuse is heaped upon you, don't react the same way. When you're cursed, don't curse back. <clears throat> when you're cut, whether physically or spiritually, don't do the same thing in response. I read about Aristotle and he says, A man who is angry on the right grounds against the right person, in the right manner, at the right moment, for the right length of time, deserves great praise. What a demonstration of the life of Christ. When we find that Christ was angry, He was angry for a reason. Remember, He wasn't upset because of what was done to Him. He was upset because... This wrong was committed against the righteousness or, I told you to hold on to that word, the holiness of God. Number two. <clears throat> what are the characteristics of sinless anger? First, we see that sinless anger is unselfish. Responsive anger, when something happens and you just react, it's responsive anger. I'm going to tell on Leah today. Two things happened today. <clears throat> Somebody left a little hair bow on the table. And I don't know how y'all are, but if I see something that I can fling, I'm going to fling it. And so I grabbed it and she was sitting there. She's a good target. Well, when it hit her, she went, <laughs> look, and then she saw me and she <laughs> just, <sighs> well, then Kurt came down. Oh, pretty little Kurt sat down beside her. And he flicked it. And she went, oh. And I went, <laughs> What that was, Brother Dave, was responsive anger. Something hit her. She didn't know what it was. She saw her. Was, so responsive anger, we're talking about what are the characteristics of sinless anger. Responsive anger, which is sinful, is always Rooted in self-interest. Always rooted in self And I don't like the way you sing that. I don't know why, but that came to my mind. I don't like the way you sing that. There's a preacher up in Knoxville. I, I love to hear him and I love him, but he says the word us wrong. Now, I find it difficult to mispronounce us. But he says us. And I can't hardly deal with it. I just can't hardly do it. Now that's little, but every time he does it, it just, uh, it makes me mad. I'm just want I'm gonna turn him off. And when I first came down here, and I may, I may still do it, brother Dave, every time. I'd say something about seen. 
S-E-E-N. And he's like, no, you didn't seen it. You saw it. And so now every time I say seen or I say saw, I'm like, I don't know if I've seen it or saw it myself. I'm just all kind of confused. Sometimes responsive anger is what we find, and those are silly, silly little examples. But Brother Jody, or not Brother Jody, uh, um, Brother Terry, <clears throat> we were talking about blowing a horn today. And, and my wife is third cousin to the Holy Ghost, but she got just a little bit of her daddy in her something or other along the lines, and, and she likes to use her horn. She did. Down here, she done, she done got right with the Lord, I think. But in Knoxville, there might, might have been just too many cars, I don't know. But somebody just zoom, zoom, and she, she blow that horn. <clears throat> well, down here, I ain't gonna be honest with you, I'm a little scared to blow my horn. I, exactly. I, I'm just a little scared. I've seen some boys driving what needed their horn blowed at them, and they just scared me, so I'm just, yes, sure. Just driving. I don't want to deal with it. She reacts. Somebody cuts you off, bang, blow a horn. My thing, I told him today at lunch, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't got anything to hide. If you pull out in front of me, I don't care if you're the president or the preacher, you pull out in front of me and turn, there's going to be some responsive anger. I can assure you. It's going to upset me. And I'm liable to blow my horn at you. But should we? Talking about sinless, sinless anger. Responsive anger is always rooted in self-interest. Oftentimes we're angry because we've been wrong, because our pride has been offended, or because we're displeased about something. Something didn't work out the way we wanted it. You didn't get what you want. You didn't get that raise you wanted. You didn't get that, that your food order at the restaurant wasn't right. And so we, we get angry about this. Your boss told you you had to stay late. Uh, this happened. Somebody called in so you had to work a double shift. Or parents that are dealing with public school kids. Maybe you got to go uh, to a virtual class instead of sending your kids off and being able to breathe all day long. Instead, they're right there up underneath you. It's a responsive anger. Those are, those are things that will cause sinful anger. So... What are the characteristics of sinless anger? Sinless anger is not concerned with what others have done to us. There was a lady, she taught Sunday school, and she made me mad when she said it, going back to traffic. And she was asking for examples. And I said, I can't stand. We're going down the interstate, and the roads will narrow, and they'll cut one lane off. And I see the sign, and I get over, and... You've got another five miles with signs every 45 feet. Get over, get over. And they wait until the last minute to get over. And I said, that just bothers me. And I just wanted to run them off the road. She said, what's wrong with letting them over? And I wanted to strangle her. Like, listen, woman. There might not be anything wrong with getting them over, but they ain't blind. They seen the same sign I saw. Did I do right, Brother Dave? They... No, I got it wrong. They saw the same sign I saw. He was being gracious. She said, What's, what, what, did I say that wrong? Oh, okay. She was, she was saying, what's wrong with just letting them over? Is it going to kill you to let them over? 
Is it going to make you that late to just let them over? Now, I'm not going to preach that because that made me mad. I'm just going to let y'all hear what she said. Okay? Sinless anger is not concerned with what others have done to us. We, we see also the sinless anger does not nurse grudges. It doesn't keep the fire going. When a campfire, when a fire dies down, all it is is, is embers. It's not going to take much. Maybe just a little poking here or there. Maybe some, some wind, maybe just blow on it. It'll, it'll flare back up and, and you put the right piece of wood on it and that thing will catch fire again and it'll burn with a vengeance. It's the same way with people in their anger. Sometimes the slightest poke or the slightest little fuel on the fire, the slightest little breeze will cause that fire to spring up and it won't be easily quenched. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Over time, this, this giant of anger has, has or, or can transform itself into another giant that we've already heard about. And that's that giant of bitterness. And I'm not going to repreach that message. You go back and listen to it. If we're not careful, we'll let those things, we'll let those little giants, y'all hear what I said? Those little giants will become big giants. Those little things in our life, if we don't get control over them now, they will become bigger and stronger than we are. Jeff Redland said this, Like a bird that builds its nest one stick at a time. Any noted wrong begins to build a home for a nur- for nursing a grudge and becomes a base from which we launch our anger. He went on and said, and once a nest is built, you will begin to lay some eggs that are going to hatch and fly out into places beyond your control. And it starts with one stick at a time, one little twig at a time. One little piece of straw at a time. We had a, a a bird try to build a nest in our garage. And I kept noticing. I, I wasn't paying attention where it was building. It was right outside of our, our door. And I just kept seeing leaves and straw and little bits of ribbon that had fallen off of stuff and little little pieces of plastic. And I thought, what is going on over here? And then I followed the trail, and sure enough, there's a bird's nest. It started, Brother Jody, with one little piece. And if we're not careful, we'll let this, we'll let anger come into our hearts. Be angry and sin not. We'll let that anger come up in our hearts, and we'll just let it fester for a while. This will be my last point tonight. Sinless anger. Listen is purposeful. It's purposeful. Anger without purpose is not a rebuke. It's a tantrum. Jesus' anger in the temple in John chapter 2 was for the purpose of cleansing 
is not because it had been personally wrong, but because a wrong was committed against the holiness of God. It was purposeful, it was focused, it was directed, and it was over. Did y'all hear that? Now, I know I'm going to have a conversation later on. I know I'm going to have it. I'm giving you this before. But some folks just want to be mad for a while. And I realize there's more of you folks that just want to be mad for a while than there are men that don't understand that. One of them's back there staring at me, so I'm trying to be very careful. If your anger continues, and you just let it... It's a tantrum. It's not sinless anger. I need to read this little part again. Listen to this. Jesus turned over the money changers' tables in John chapter number 2. He said it was purposeful, focused, directed, and over. This is not something that Jesus nursed. He didn't do that. He did it. He condemned them. And he walked on. Collected experiences not dealt with accumulate in our emotions until the pressure can no longer... Man, I was guilty of this. Until the pressure could no longer be contained. And sometimes it spews out on the one closest to us at the time. If anger is not directed, it's a tantrum. And that means something is going on inside. We got at least two that deal with children on a daily basis, maybe three. And then we got folks that are raising children and bringing little ones to church. So, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't understand that. They, they, they sit there and they, and they, they hold it all in and all of a sudden, everything splattered with anger just all over. Adults are the same way. Sometimes we hold these things in and what it's doing is it's taking root in our heart until just like a plant, it bursts through the ground with new life and begins to spring. That anger busts open. And before long, we have what's called anger with sin. Scripture said, be angry and sin not. Y'all still with me tonight? Got one more illustration. Because Christ's anger was purposeful, it was also controlled. When you begin to speak in a way that's out of control, when your emotions are out of control, when your conversation goes somewhere that it's uncontrolled, this is not sinless anger. It's destructible and it's unusable. And it's a tantrum. My two girls... Thankfully, they rarely get in a heap of trouble. They just get in a tiny little bit of trouble. They're good girls. But my personality, because of the way that I was raised, and the ways many of you were raised, <clears throat> my, my mother did most of the disciplining until she just went, and I'm not being funny until she just had enough, Miss Denisha. She just went plum crazy and said, I ain't even going to fool with you. You wait till your daddy gets home. And God bless when my daddy got home. 
Brother David, my daddy, he didn't warn you. He told you what to do. And if you didn't do it, it what just happened? And he'd hit you however he could, and he'd move on. There wasn't no yelling. There wasn't no, like I said, wasn't no warning. Wasn't no, if I tell you one more, no, no, daddy said it, and then just figure the rest out. And I can remember one time I, I was I was talking to my cousins outside of my grandmother. I called her nanny outside of my nanny's porch, and my nanny's porch had them little glass louvers and had plastic on it because of the the wind coming in. But I wasn't thinking, brother Buster, and I was talking about my daddy and how mean he was. And I said, and I was, I don't, I was a teenager, and I said, I don't care what it takes, I ain't gonna treat my children like my daddy treats me. He's just mean and hateful. Well, he hurt me. He didn't let on like he hurt me until I got home. In case he watches, he didn't whoop me, but he had a strong talking. And he said, I do the things that I do. One, because you don't listen. And you're old enough that I figured that out. So I have to... And, and, and he disciplined me different than he disciplined my sister. And he said, I've had to figure that out. Your sister might get a little bit more leniency because she's not as hard-headed as you are. And so, in raising my children, there is one that is hard-headed. Don't know where she is. I'm not going to say her name, but her initials are Braylon Burke. She's hard-headed. The other one, she, she rolls her eyes out loud. If she rolled them right now, you'd hear them in the fellowship hall. Just and so we got to watch. She's quiet. She, she's a lot like her Aunt Leah. The other one's a lot like her Aunt Lydia. What was I saying? <laughs> she ain't even here, Brother David. She's just 400 miles away. And I felt something on that one. Scared them. Whoa. Scared me. If she watches it, I'm, t- I'm sorry. I have to discipline my children differently than one another. But something that I've learned is... If they get in trouble, there's absolutely no sense in me getting on to them. And whatever that may be, whether it's a whooping, whether it's talking, whether it's yelling, whatever. There's no sense in me doing that and going somewhere and coming back and doing it again. And going somewhere and coming back and doing it again. What did I say about Jesus? What was it I said? It was purposeful. His anger was purposeful, focused, directed, and over. They don't need to be beat down. They're children. They're my children. They're from my body. God gave them to me. They need to be corrected. They need to be disciplined. They need to be chastened when they're wrong. But we need to do it in sinless anger. And that example is not some website. That that example is not out of some some book that you can buy from Amazon. That anger comes from the Lord. He says, because Christ's anger was purposeful, it was controlled. 
And when you speak in a way that's, that's uncontrolled, that conversation will go off the rails. And I've done that. I've been so angry. I've tried to justify everything that I've just done. And, and it won't make no sense, Brother David. Just don't make no sense. Things that we say when we're angry, just that don't make no sense. Things that we do. And so tonight, I, I, I'm going to give you this third one, just the, just the point, and then I'll, I will dismiss. But there are some warnings regarding our anger. And so I ask you tonight to stand. We're dealing with this giant of anger, one letter short of danger. Anger is, is something that we all deal with, but it's also something that we can all control. I've heard that lie so many times and I've said it. I just can't control my anger. I refer you back to number one in this series. It's bigger and it's stronger than you are. You can't do it. God's got to help you with it.